welcome back to another episode of It's the Flat Out Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Bravo Cologne. I pray everyone is keeping safe and taking this time to connect with God, loved ones, and read. Now, this is a good time as any for us to educate ourselves and research certain subjects as the interest may spark some curiosity in seeking out the underlying truths. In our last podcast titled, At What Cost?, we took a look at the price that one must pay to follow Messiah, albeit that salvation is a free gift, doesn't negate the fact that there is a price tag attached. And it has been about a month now since the stay-at-home order was put into effect, and the panic buying has somehow subsided, but the lines still seem to be out of control in that they continually grow as the merchandise is slowly disappearing off the shelves. The question lingers, when will we return to the way things used to be? Or, as I've heard many say, I can't wait for things to return to normal. Well, I'm no prophet by any means, but I can most assuredly say this, this is our new normal for the most part. I mean, they may loosen their grip just a little to give us the illusion of freedom in full, but at the right time, they will require a stipulation in exchange for that freedom. Which brings us to the topic for this week, at the right time. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. Now, you can find all the links that are mentioned here and read the transcript to this and all of our podcasts on our blog at itstheflatouttruth.blogspot.com. And you can listen to a new episode every week and past episodes on your favorite platform by clicking our Linktree link. And you can also email us with comments and suggestions at itstheflatouttruth at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe and help us spread the podcast by sharing. At the right time, a child is born, a person dies, a slip and fall that changes your life forever. Where you once moved around without a care in the world and now have to be attended to for the simple things that we all take for granted, like putting on your clothes, going to the bathroom, or even feeding and bathing yourself. In the blink of an eye, everything can change either for the worse or even for the better. But can it happen at the right time? Is there such a thing as the right time? Sometimes we struggle to live our lives here on earth by making a living to pay the bills and keep a roof over our heads, clothes on our back, and food on our plates. And we feel that some things happen at the most inopportune times, according to our plans. Well, we're going to look at the scriptures to find an answer. The answer that we come across might not be an answer that we like or agree with. Nonetheless, it will be an answer. There are many scripture verses written concerning God's timing and his plans for us, and even why things happen to us. 
So let's take a close look at his word, for his word is truth. And let us begin by reading Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, to see how God fulfills his word at the right time. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Habakkuk, here, he was waiting earnestly for an answer from Hashem about his complaint concerning the Chaldeans in the first chapter, and he received the revelation in the form of a vision, which would not be fulfilled at that moment, but at the right time, for which Habakkuk would have to wait for by faith. Which brings us to the next scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the key to our daily walk. Without it, we cannot please Hashem, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we can see that even when we think that the timing is wrong, Hashem made it clear to Habakkuk that even if the fulfillment of the vision seemed to be slow, that it would definitely come to pass at just the right time. Have you ever prayed to God for a miracle say of healing and fail to receive an answer to that prayer or maybe you prayed in your heart and immediately received an answer to that prayer how is it that some prayers are answered immediately while others seem to be delayed some prayers seem to be delayed only because of our limited concept of time see we view time as a system of measurement. Example, a minute consists of 60 seconds, an hour of 60 minutes, a week has seven days, a year, 12 months, and so on and so forth. Let us see what the definition of time is in the Oxford Dictionary. It reads, the indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole. Second definition, a point of time as measured in hours and minutes past midnight or noon. God exists in the first definition, but we see him in the second definition because we're governed by what the second definition says. If we take a look at the time Lazarus' sister called for Yeshua to come and heal her ailing brother, we can understand a little better this concept of time. We're going to read John chapter 11, verses 1 through 44. At this time, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany, the village of Miriam and 
her sister Martha. Miriam, whose brother Lazarus was sick, was to anoint the Lord with perfume and wipe his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Yeshua, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Yeshua heard this, he said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Yeshua loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So on hearing that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two days. And then he said to the disciples, let us go back to Judea. Rabbi, they replied, the Jews just tried to stone you and you're going back there? Yeshua answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? If anyone walks in the daytime, he will not stumble because he sees by the light of this world. But if anyone walks at night, he will stumble because he has no light. After he said this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will get better. And they thought that Yeshua was talking about actual sleep, but he was speaking about the death of Lazarus. So Yeshua told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas called Didymus said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. When Yeshua arrived, he found that Lazarus had already spent four days in the tomb. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem a little less than two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Miriam to console them in the loss of their brother. So when Martha heard that Yeshua was coming, she went out to meet him, but Miriam stayed home. Martha said to Yeshua, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask him. Your brother will rise again, Yeshua told her. Martha replied, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Yeshua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she answered. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After Martha had said this, she went back and called her sister Miriam aside to tell her, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. And when Miriam heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Yeshua had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were in the house consoling Miriam saw how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Miriam came to Yeshua and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Yeshua saw her weeping 
and the Jews who had come with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they answered. Yeshua wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved them. But some of them asked, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept Lazarus from dying? Yeshua, once again deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, Yeshua said. Lord, by now he stinks, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. It has already been four days. Yeshua replied, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Yeshua lifted his eyes upward and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, so they may believe that you sent me. After Yeshua had said this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had been dead came out with his hands and feet bound in strips of linen and his face wrapped in a cloth. Unwrap him and let him go, Yeshua told him. After reading this, one would think, why would Yeshua wait until after Lazarus died to see him. And if he knew he would die, why did he weep? We must slow down when we read this. So let's read verses 1 through 3 first to gain a general understanding. At this time, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany, the village of Miriam and her sister Martha. Miriam, whose brother Lazarus was sick, was to anoint the Lord with perfume and wipe his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Yeshua, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Yeshua heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. But here we can see that Yeshua, Lazarus, Martha, and Miriam were very close. As it says in verse 3, his sisters sent word, Lord, the one you love is sick. And in verse 5, now Yeshua loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Upon hearing it, Yeshua declared, and knew the reason behind this occurrence. As we can see in verse 4 when Yeshua said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Time went by before Yeshua showed up, knowing full well that Martha and Miriam would say he delayed in coming failing to see that Yeshua was to arrive at the right time. And let's look at Yeshua's words one more time in verse 4. When Yeshua heard this, he said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God 
may be glorified through it. So instead of hurrying to see the one he loved, he stood back a couple of days so that Hashem would receive the glory for what was about to take place, as we read in verse 6. So on hearing that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two days. Verse 7 says, And then he said to the disciples, Let us go back to Judea. Why did he stay for two days? Was there purpose for him delaying his arrival? Well, we can find the answer in verses 11 through 14. Where it says, after he said this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples replied, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will get better. They thought that Yeshua was talking about actual sleep. But he was speaking about the death of Lazarus. So Yeshua told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Yeshua, he was allowing for time to take its course. By doing so, it would bring glory to Hashem through the resurrection of Lazarus. But how would Yeshua's delay of his arrival bring glory to Hashem, you ask? Let us look at verse 17. When Yeshua arrived, he found that Lazarus had already spent four days in the tomb. There are five stages that the body goes through in decomposition after dying. And we're going to briefly look at the five stages of body decomposition to gain a little better understanding of the events that had taken place. Okay, the body decomposition timeline. The first 24 to 72 hours after death, the internal organs are decomposing. Three to five days after death, the body starts to bloat and blood-containing foam leaks from the mouth and the nose. Eight to ten days after death, the body turns from green to red as the blood decomposes and the organs in the abdomen accumulate gas. And several weeks after death, the nails and the teeth fall out. And a month after death, the body starts to liquefy. So looking at the five stages of body decomposition, we're only really going to look at the first two because the first two are the ones that concern the verse that we just finished speaking. But I'm going to read the five stages, okay? The first stage is autolysis. And it's also known as the fresh stage or the early stage of decomposition. And this occurs immediately after death. There's no visible change that takes place externally. All the changes are internal. And there's also a two degree drop in temperature per hour called alga mortis. Then rigor mortis, which is the stiffening of the muscles and liver mortis or pooling of the blood. The second stage is called the bloat stage. This is the early decomposition stage. Here, the skin begins to change in color and marbling begins. And the process of putrefaction starts in this stage as well. The third stage is the active decay stage. Here, the body decomposition enters its advanced stage as sagging skin and maggot activity are more prominent. 
in stages four and five, also known as skeletonization and decomposition. By this point, most of the body's tissues has decayed and fallen off. So understanding this, we can then clearly see how this event would bring Abacadosh glory in that by the fourth day, Lazarus was in the bloat stage of death where his cadaver began to stink due to the putrefaction caused by the gases collecting in the body because of organ decomposition. Even though Lazarus was in this stage of death, Yeshua arrived at the right time to resurrect them because he still had not yet arrived at the active decay stage. But even so, nothing is impossible for Elohim to whom all glory, honor, and praise be, right? So Mar Martha, Martha knew what Yeshua was capable of. And that's why she said to Yeshua, if he had been there, her brother would not have died. But Yeshua reassures her that Lazarus would live. But she didn't quite understand what he was talking about, thinking that he would live again in the resurrection of the dead, according to scripture. So Yeshua had to spell it out for her in verse 25. As he asked her, if she believed and declared her faith, look, look at verses 21 through 27. Martha said to Yeshua, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know God will give you whatever you ask him. Your brother will rise again, Yeshua told her. And Martha replied, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Yeshua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she answered. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Yeshua is our promise of life eternal if we believe. Do you believe? Can you make that declaration of faith? Yeshua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. Here in verses 32 to 35, Miriam tells Yeshua the same thing Martha did, which can only mean that they knew the power of the master as Yeshua displayed his emotions for the loss of the one he loved. Let's look at verses 32 to 35. When Miriam came to Yeshua and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Yeshua saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they answered. Yeshua wept. Although Yeshua was moved emotionally, he knew what his purpose there was. He knew he would, be, he would bring glory to Avinu HaShemayim in the next section of verses. 
One thing we find about Yeshua, and it is written of in the scripture, is that he can sympathize with our human side. As we see in Hebrews chapter 14, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So we read here in John chapter 11, verse 38, Yeshua, once again deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Sometimes, even though we think we know the master, but doubt would somehow still set in our minds because of human logic. Failing to overcome her doubts, we see Martha respond to Yeshua, even after he has repeatedly assured her that her brother would live if she would only believe that he, Yeshua, is the resurrection and the life. This is even after she openly declared her belief to him. In verses 39 to 44, we see Martha's doubt due to human logic and reasoning. The fulfillment of Yeshua's words that if they would only believe, they would see the glory of the Father through the bringing back to life the man Lazarus, even after the second stage of the decomposition process. Yeshua is most definitely the resurrection and the life. The only way for us to reach the Father to whom all glory, honor, and praise be forever. Let us see how this unfolds. Let us finish reading John chapter 11, verses 39 to 44. Take away the stone, Yeshua said. Lord, by now he stinks, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. It has already been four days. Yeshua replied, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Yeshua lifted up his eyes towards heaven and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. After Yeshua said this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had been dead came out with his hands and feet bound in strips of linen and his face wrapped in a cloth. Unwrap him and let him go, Yeshua told him. Martha, 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 why do you doubt? Where is your faith in the master? Yes, it's been four days, but Yeshua told you, just believe. Sounds like many of us. We profess to have faith and believe, but when it comes down to the real nitty gritty, 
we sometimes find that our footing is a little shaky. We think God is delayed in his answering us. Little do we realize he arrives at the right time. Just as Yeshua did as he answered her in verse 40. Yeshua replied, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? And see the glory of God, indeed they did. As Yeshua ordered them to remove the stone from the tomb, and after praying to the Father, he commanded Lazarus, Come forth! And Lazarus came back to life, just as the Master had promised as he arrived at the scene. At the right time. As we began reading in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. That's right. They will not be overdue. They will happen just as everything in life happens at the right time. So the next time, you despair or you think that what you've asked for is taking too long or even begin to doubt that it's impossible. Remember that Lazarus was dead for four days before he was brought back to life where it was thought by his sister Martha impossible because of the level of decomposition of his body had reached by the fourth day. But there's nothing too difficult for our God. Hashem created the lights of the firmament on the fourth day. Yeshua is the light of the world. Through him, we can see the glory of the Father. Through him, Lazarus was able to see the light of day. And therefore, Martha, Miriam's, and the other Jews' faith was strengthened. Hashem was definitely glorified at the right time. At any time and every time, give glory to Hashem, for He alone is worthy, and He will never let you down. Keep your faith strong and believe so that you too may see the glory of God. Remember the words of Yeshua. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. The call goes out, and you must decide what you will do with what you have been given. Hashem bless you and guide you. Amen. My friends, my family, once again it has been an immense honor being able to share with you during this short time together. I pray that you have been blessed as I have definitely been blessed by your presence. 
And this has been another episode of It's the Flat Out Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Bravo Cologne. You can find the links to the information shared here on our blog at itstheflatouttruth.blogspot.com. And you can like, subscribe, and comment. And you can listen to our podcast on your favorite platform by clicking our Linktree link. And you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Brighteon, and YouTube, just to name a few. Drop us an email at itstheflatouttruth at gmail.com and let us know how we're doing. We sure would like to hear from you. A special thank you goes out to all who support us. Your help is greatly appreciated and in the words of a dear wise man, we never do it alone. Help us by spreading the word of this podcast. Send it to a friend or a family member. Tune in every week for a new episode of It's the Flat Out Truth Podcast. In closing, I would like to wish everyone a Shavuot Tov, a blessed week, full of peace, safety, and health. Help one another. Help those in need. Stay safe. Wash your hands. But more important, trust in Hashem. Now may Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance to you and give you shalom. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.